0: Episode of Hammering Down. I'm your host, Cole Hodges. I'm hoping you're having a great one. In this post match reactions, obviously, we're going to be talking about Legion versus Rowdies to open up the regular season for this 2022 campaign. There's a lot to talk about in this one. Uh, first, I want to say thank you guys for all the support uh, on episode 100 with Bruno Lapa and all the support for the post match reactions with uh with Daniel from the Unused Subs pod. Really, really good uh episodes, especially the one with Daniel from Unused Subs. If you listen to that podcast and then watch the match at the same time, it's <laughs> it's almost like we were reading a script of what was going to happen. Everything, pretty much everything we said that was going to happen happened, which is pretty unusual for a uh, first match of the season Most of the time those are pretty big question marks But we kind of nailed this one So I, even though it is After the fact I do recommend you Giving that a listen As for the uh, episode with Bruno I mean Bruno's a great guy Took some time out of his day To talk to me And honestly It was a really good conversation We learned a lot about his recovery And you know Bruno Played a key part in Our draw that felt very much like a victory against the Rowdies on Sunday. But let's talk about this match. So we had a very interesting experience, right? So over 9,000 people were announced for this. Um, Now the broadcasters on ESPN, Mike Watts and Devin Kerr, love those guys by the way. Um, had mentioned that there was going to be over 10,000 people in attendance, well over 10,000. I wonder if that's how many tickets were sold and, but the actual attendance was called to be 9,277. Um, the pitchers, we, we can, we can say what we want about the pitchers, but it is what it is. Um, the, I don't know what to call this side. It's not the, it's not the, what we call the grandstand It's the other side. It looks pretty full, but, man, those grandstands and just did not look great. But, you know, the tarps look fantastic. I think those are good work done by the club, very much needed. Um, but we can talk all about that at some other point. Either way, what I was going to say is that the crowd sounded fantastic. Everything I was listening to, it sounded wonderful, on TV, or I was li- watch- I was listening to it on my phone, because I was driving from North Carolina, um, I was listening to everything, uh, it sounded great, um, obviously I didn't watch it, because I was driving, don't text and drive, um, or watch TV and drive, just pro-life tip, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, sounded great, sounded like it was an electric atmosphere, especially when Marlon, uh, Marlon scared, uh, scored that absolute worldy of a goal. There was a lot of stuff, but honestly, the one thing more impressive about the goal was the uh, bring down or like the uh, the touch by Prosper. Prosper was playing that left wing, which is pretty unusual for him. He normally plays the right right wing. And that way he can drive into the box on his left foot and take a shot without having to switch feet and get himself readjusted, if that makes sense. And so whenever he came on to that left side, I was a little bit shocked. But that play by Eli, uh, just a bit of a long ball just over the top. Prosper brought it down just magically, just beautifully. And lay the ball off to Marlon. It made sense. I think we're going to see Prosper the assister this year. And honestly, I'm so here for it. I think that is the next step of his game. If we can start getting, you know, five, six assists out of Prosper a year. On top of, you know, one, two, three goals. I, I think we're getting a really good return out of Prosper because he's going to force teams to at least pay attention to him, which is all you can really ask for sometimes. Um, but I was very impressed with what we saw of him on the left side. Um, I mean, the goal by Marlon. <laughs> Come on. it Clutch. I mean, we needed that goal. Uh, he came in for Mackie Jopp, who fans were frustrated with. I think a lot of people were very... Confused by Mackie starting, we a lot of us thought uh, Eddie Horvat was going to start, but he did not. Not sure what the situation is on that. It could just be match fitness, could be, could be health. Uh, it could be just as simple as Mackie won the starting spot for get match one. The issue I had with it was. Mackey was playing pretty deep, which is fine. Sometimes you have to retreat the ball pretty deep, and he was making good plays to Enzo and to Bruno and to late runners. I thought he did a good job with that. He did a good job of distributing the ball. He just doesn't quite have the mobility, it seemed, to drive the ball into the box after that. Don't get me wrong, this Friday's defense is great, but it would have been nice to just work the ball into the box a little bit. Um, overall, I mean obviously our offense was the most disappointing part of the day but there was definitely stuff to improve on and stuff to look at when it comes to this when I say it was the most concerning this seems like a team that can fix those issues if that makes sense Um, those issues could easily be fixed it looks like there is a lot there when it comes to offense. And I do like the thing that we did. We played the uh, 3-5-1-1, or basically I mentioned this at the beginning of the year uh, before the season started, that I thought this would be a perfect lineup for us with three at the back, five-man midfield, Bruno Lapa playing the shadow striker or playing that attacking midfield and then passing the ball to Eddie Horvat or Mackie Jop. Um I... Called this at the beginning of the year i thought this would have this was our best formation and tommy son agreed i'm very glad he did <laughs> um listen it was really really good stuff enzo was making just absolute fools of people causing havoc in the back uh getting under people's skin oh it's so nice to see for our team I was getting messages about Enzo so from people from Tampa just being like, You were not kidding about how <laughs> about how he'll get under your skin. Like, yes, yes, he will. That's what he does. <laughs> I'm so glad he was doing it for us and not someone else like Charlotte. Uh Freddie Kleeman was a really good piece as well. It was really fun to watch Freddie. I I enjoyed him. He played uh he kind of played that libero role that uh, center uh, central center back role where he would bring the ball up a little bit he was just the mate, primary passer when it came from the back it was really nice seeing him in that role fanwell lost possession which is what led to the goal for the rowdies but i think a lot of that blame is going to go on fanwell by the fans because he lost possession but <sighs> I, it was a bad place to give away possession. It was going to be hard for the back line to make up that ground. But Johnny Dean left. Uh, oh, I'm going to mispronounce his name. Uh, Dahlgaard, I think is his name. That's how you pronounce it. D-A-L-G-A-A-R-D. I think that's how it's pronounced. I think he's Danish. Um, anyway, he left him completely unmarked. He got pulled into the center of the box where... That ball was, frankly, never going to go, and if it did, there were three other Legion players there to cover it up. Johnny got sucked in, left uh, left Dahlgaard open for a pretty uh, wide open one-on-one. That said, Dahlgaard did a great job to wrap his uh, foot around the ball and get it passed, and Matt Van Okel, I thought... I and mean, the way that ball skipped up off the turf, you could tell he wasn't ready for that. And he managed to contour his body and get a really quality finish. It would have been very easy for him to uh, push it wide or even just, you know, right into MVO's hands. He didn't. It was a quality finish that's going to go very underrated, but that is a hard finish. And he did it very well. But it should have never happen, to be honest, because Johnny just left him unmarked. That was frustrating, but Johnny did make up for it a little bit in the attack. But it was a costly mistake. I also really loved Zach Caraveo. I thought what he did was just masterful. He his uh, defensive tracking was solid. His passing was really really good, and you know it was. Uh, it was nice seeing him in the midfield and not playing center back. I think we should I think we should do that more often. I said it last year that the moment we let uh Herveau play like the left or right midfield areas and not just putting him either as a holding midfielder or a or as a center back, that he was just phenomenal. And yesterday proved that to be true. He was great. Um Mikey I, a lot of people were wondering also why Ryan James was or why Ryan James was on the bench and uh, Mikey started. I don't know the answer to that, but Mikey did well. Uh, Mikey Lopez is one of the best ball hawks in the USL, and by that I mean like he's always kind of searching for the ball, trying to do what I kind of call like stealing a possession. And that is just intercepting the ball, letting his team uh, regather themselves and recycle and start another attack. He got two or three pretty key interceptions yesterday. Um, and, yeah, he started the possessions. The one thing we were missing from Ryan that I wish we could have got out of Mikey was a little bit more on, on that attack. Mikey started the attack. He regained possession, allowed the Legion to attack, but once he got that ball, he didn't really influence the play after that, and that was kind of hard. That was that was really hard to... That wouldn't have happened with Ryan, I don't think. I could be wrong, but I just don't think it would have. It was a very... It was a very interesting thing to watch. But, again, Mikey had a really good game when it came to playing defensively. I think it was a – I think personally it was just a hard uh, place for him to be, uh, if that makes sense. I don't know. Um, Bruno Bruno had a game, man. And uh, I don't know what to bring this one down to. He had good passes. He had really good ideas of where that ball should go. But there was this awkward space between Mackey and Bruno where it felt like Bruno was so far away from Mackey. But I don't know. He would get the ball to Mackey, who was the farthest person up the field, but nobody else was around. So should Bruno have held up the ball, allowed more of his players to to catch up and get numbers? But that would also allow the Rowdies to... Uh, regather themselves and create more of an issue for Bruno to pass I don't know I don't know what the right answer was I don't know if Mackie was just playing too far up if he just was I, I don't know I I don't know what his instructions were either one of them but while Bruno had great ideas and had great passing and had just you know a very solid day I feel like I feel like a lot of his efforts went for naught. And I don't know what the reason was for that. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, as for Mackie, I feel like we've already talked about him a, a bit. Um, maybe I did I already mention him. I don't remember. I have notes, but I've been... <laughs> my issue is I start getting ahead of myself. <laughs> so, I uh, anyway... Um, Mackey was a big body. He was, you know, really throwing around. I do think I talked about this. But, yeah, I think it would have worked really well in that, what I call the J.J. Williams role, which was win the ball, distribute ball. Enzo, he did that a few times where he got the ball, held up play for a little bit, passed the ball onto Enzo Martinez, and Enzo, you know, forced the defense to do something about it. I think that is a great role for Mackie. Obviously, we want him to be the all out and out striker, which is great. But to me, I don't care if our striker is putting in the goals rather than having goal contributions. If Mackie has 10 assists and one goal, that is still a great year for me. I think as a striker, it's all about the contributions, and I would like to see more of that. But I don't know. We'll just have to see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Overall, it's a solid game for the Legion. You know, you're going to see n- numerous stats about how Legion's XG this, Legion's XG that. Um, if you watch the match, you know that the Legion were in it. I mean, you know that they were right there in it for the entirety of the match. And I've said this before, possession is a stupid, meaningless stat. Um, Yeah. Um, it is a very dumb stat to me, but it does indicate Just the style of play the Legion have never been a type of team just to just to hold the ball up and recycle the ball But I felt like the Legion had control over a lot of the match you know I I, I just felt like they Whenever they held on to the ball it was effective and while well, they never got into the box what they did with the ball just it shut down that rowdy's midfield which arguably might be the best midfield in the usl i mean we completely shut down that midfield and part of that was our possession all that said there was I and mean, just something else to mention about this match that was really important was from about the 40-minute mark to about the 60-minute mark, the Rowdies had what I like to call the constriction or the constrictor press, which is like most presses, but it's pretty... What it does is it just kind of squeezes out any real estate for the back line to move the ball, and this is especially effective if the team is trying to build from the back, which is what Legion try to do. So this is why possession is a dumb stat is that you see 60% possession. And you're like, oh, we dominated this game. I would say that we neutralized their midfield, but their attackers and their midfield were able to kind of pin us in our own uh, defensive third or into our own half and I don't mean like they were on attack for the entire time, but they just kept pushing us back further and further and further. And the only way to break out of a a constrictor a constrictor uh, press is by a good long ball. And what and the way that the rowdies were doing this is, and here's why you do it: you push that team back farther and farther and farther and farther, where they're running out of where they're running out of real estate, where they're getting closer and closer to the box, that if they decide to do a long ball, that ball is not going to go as far. And if the team who is doing the constrictor press wins the ball back, then they're automatically attacking. They're pretty close to that attacking third already. This is huge. And I am very I'm very impressed that the Legion were able to get out of it. There was just it just felt like we were just pinned in our own half and we were just kind of fighting for our lives for a while. And I think what really broke us out of this constrictor press, which I don't know if basically – well, I call it the constrictor press. I don't know what the actual term is for it, but basically it chokes the life out of any offense because, man – If you get stuck in your own half, it is so hard to get to break free of it. But what really broke this this constrictor press was a long ball over the top to Enzo, who timed his run to perfection from the halfway line. And the only reason that Enzo Martinez did not have 30, 40 yards of free real estate to run one-on-one onto the keeper was because keeper uh, Scott Scott Cochran, ooh, Bama time, C.J. Cochran. (laughs) Um, C.J. Cochran came out of his box about 40 yards away from goal and cleared the ball sweeper-keeper style. Um, I mean, C.J. Cochran is one of the best sweepers in all of the – USL just to be honest and he came out of his box and cleared it if CJ Cochran didn't do that Enzo had a one-on- one with with CJ and had yards and miles and miles of space to do with it I mean basically the Tampa Bay defense had two options foul him as the mat- last man back and take that red card or let him go one-on one with CJ M- old MLS penalty shootout style. Uh, neither one are good options and it was a great play by cj but what it did was allow legion to regather themselves and be able to break out of their own half a little bit more that was a real turning point in the match for me um overall this and i've said this before several times on twitter not all results are created equal i mean for for the Rowdies, this is a draw that they'll take away from home, but they just lost their you know, new low knee center back, uh, Robert Castellanos, um, to an injury within 15 minutes of the match starting. And while they'll be like, yeah, that's a win because the Legion were unable to beat us, it's also a loss because they lost their center back. But for us, this feels like a win. We were able to overcome that press, overcome a defensive mistake that led to a goal we were able to overcome getting out of our own heads overall this feels like a win to me and i think our next match if i am looking at everything correctly is going to be against well let me just go ahead and see i'm almost positive that it is That is Colorado Springs. Our next match at home is against Colorado Springs. Yep, on March 26th. Um, Get all your friends there, man. We got to pack this place out. Let's really do this. I'm ready to see my first USL match at Protective. I'm super stoked for it. But, you know, it needs to be a good environment for the players too. So let's get everybody out there. Let's hopefully get this. Let's get this up against Tulsa this upcoming weekend, where we take on our old, our old uh, homegrown, if you will, uh, Mr. JJ Williams, and let's uh, let's get three points and come back to protective, and take on uh, Colorado Springs, who might have the best offense in the USL. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really greatly appreciate it. Go show love to uh, episode 100 with Bruno. Go show some love to the unused subs pod, and always go show love to this Legion squad. They absolutely deserve it. Vote for Marlin for uh, uh, for goal of the week. But until next time, guys, thank you so much for listening. And it's been Korga. Oh man, what an intro this is! I don't even remember how I do my intro or do my outro. I've forgotten. <laughs> until next time, guys. Keep hammering on.